pretty cool that we've now get to play a lot with a lot of the bands that like influenced us, you know, and even like younger bands like Turnstile and like all these other great, great up and coming bands. Like one of my favorite bands is Comeback Kid. Hey there, buds. Welcome back to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. And this episode, it's an Aaron special. He had the opportunity to sit down with Kevin Kilkenny and uh, Brett Rasmussen. Now, if you're going, wait, wait, who are, who are those guys? Well, Kevin plays guitar. Brett plays bass in the legendary melodic hardcore band from Southern California known as Ignite. Uh, here's the thing. They have been around since 1993, and Brett has been in the band since 1993. Kevin joined back uh, in the year 2000. But here's what's so incredible. They have been around for that long, but they just released a brand new self-titled record earlier this year on Century Media Records. The funny thing, I think, is that uh, they saved their self-titled record until the band has been around for nearly 30 years. (laughs) Just something I sort of laughed at. Hey, we're going to get into this episode. They share their five favorite songs from the Ignite catalog, so that's going to be awesome. But before we do hop into it, uh, if you could go follow us on social media at Growing Punk Pod on Instagram and Twitter, you'll find our links to our personal Instagrams and Twitters there as well. We're on Facebook. If you want to throw us a couple bucks to say, hey, thanks, you guys do a great job. Two bucks a month on Patreon. Link to our Patreon is in our social media bios. And what else do I want to tell you? Oh, listen, you're listening to the show. Share it, rate it, review it, you know, all that kind of fun podcast stuff. Uh, help us grow the show. If you don't want to, that's totally cool too. But if you like what we do here and you think more people will like it, that just makes it better, right? That's right. Anyway, before wasting any more time, let's get into this. It's Aaron and his conversation uh, with boys from Ignite about their five favorite songs. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, yeah, what it. are some, what are some of your guys' earliest memories of you know discovering punk or hardcore, and kind of how did that impact your life at that time? Well, let me let Kevin start that because Kevin is actually he's a lot, not a lot younger than me, but he was my like best friend's younger brother, and he kind of introduced me to punk. So I'm oh, gonna cool. Let, yeah, so I'm gonna like right. when I was like you know 15, 16, and he was like 10, 11. Anyways, go ahead, Kev. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, yeah, I've, me and Brett have been friends forever since I was a kid, as you said. And uh, so I, I got kind of into punk rock through my older brother. And when I was like, oh, yeah, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. Uh, shit, yeah, I got in, I got into like... Uh, like some punk rock stuff i was uh starting to play guitar and um uh brett came over brett knew already knew how to play and i was like 11 at the time and uh so i I kept begging brett to like teach me how to play all these punk rock songs i had been listening to and i I just wanted to know how to play them and um i couldn't figure out on my own 
So I, uh, Brett knew how to play. So I asked Brett to fucking, hey, Brett, can you come over here and learn these songs for me and show me how to play them? And, and it was uh, stuff that I had never heard. It was like Descendants <laughs> and Adolescence. And I think it was Voodoo Glow Skulls and something else. And, and this is the stuff that Kevin was listening yeah. to. And I was way more into like not punk and hardcore stuff at that time. I was listening to more like Joy Division and Bauhaus and like dark, like UK type stuff. And mm. punk, I, I had heard some minor threat stuff and some uh, actually some discharge stuff. And um, I thought that was cool, but it just wasn't my bag at that time. And Kevin was like, um, you know, like, yeah. hey, here's the descendants. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So I got my older brother's uh, seven inch collection. I still have it to this day. He let me keep it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I used to go through those seven inches and just like my hobby was just to try to learn to play guitar to him. And and Brett came over and he knew how to play. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I got someone to teach me. <laughs> yeah, this is like 1987, 88 at that time. Right, Kev? Yeah, yeah. yeah must. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like awesome. The Sentence Liveage was like one of the first like full length records I bought. Right. That, yep. was, that was like right around that time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. So at what point did you guys kind of realize that playing music, you know, professionally was attainable and worth pursuing? Uh, you know, was, was there a specific band or musician that kind of impacted or inspired you to do this? Or, you know, as you guys were kind of getting together to play, at what point was it like, okay, we can actually pull this off? And Or was it just kind of, you know, one step to the next and then it just kind of gradually happened? Well, it kind of gradually happened. Um, Ignite never was like this band that was ambitious about doing music as a career. It was always just, let's let's make a song. Okay, let's make a demo. Then let's have a show. It was very this just natural like progression. Um, but the biggest turn for me was uh, we had put out a couple records on Revelation and Conversion Records, and we were doing it pretty part-time. I was still going to school, working construction, just whatever t taking the opportunities uh, opportunities as they came and it was really cool but then in 1997 or and between 97 and 98 we went on the road with uh pennywise then suicidal yeah. pennywise then suicidal then uh i think maybe bad religion um and i was blown away at the different i thought we were a pretty good band at that point I mean, we could pack a tiny club and kids singing all of our songs. You think you have all these hits and stuff. Then you get in a 2,500 capacity room and everybody's singing to Suicidal and Pennywise. And you're like, oh, we got some work to do if we want to compete. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if, if these are the people we're competing against, we got a lot of work to do. So we, I, at that point, I was like, I was still, in, I was very interested in attaining, trying to attain that level. But I was like, we really need to step up. Like, I felt we needed to step up our songwriting to uh get to the level of songs that those guys were writing it, i was blown away by how that many people in a room were circle pitting and singing and stage diving and going off it was it was incredible well it's pretty special to get those kind of experiences firsthand um you know because you can kind of you know watch videos or you know just have different experiences where it's like okay i guess that's what we have to do but when you get it firsthand right you're right there in person you're seeing your peers what they're pulling off and it kind of, you know, it motivates you and energizes you and just gives you that, you know, kind of idea of like, okay, these guys are doing it. We can do it. You know, maybe we need to step up our game a little bit. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that, what better band than Pennywise to, you know, to kind of get that from? Yeah, it's like literally get off stage in Montreal on the Snow Jam tour in like 98 and think you just had a pretty good set. And you did. You had a good set. 
but then watch them just tear the place apart. I was just, it was such, it was just another level. So that was for me. Yeah. That was probably the biggest point of where like, man, I want to do that and I want to commit to doing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you guys have now been a band since, you know, beginning in the early 90s. You guys have t- covered tons of ground, toured a bunch, released five full-length albums. You know, what have been some standout moments for you in the band? Like when you kind of look back, what stands out in your mind? And maybe I mean, that's it, kind of a loaded question, but... It, it, there's a lot to choose from, but I mean, there's definitely some moments. If there's anything that jumps out at you, Kevin. Yeah, for me, definitely for me, uh, what stands out to me was my first trip to Europe. Uh, in uh, shit, I guess it was like early 2000 with you guys, right? Or late yep. 99. Yep. Uh, with Agnostic Front. And um, it just opened up a whole new world that I didn't know existed um, uh, uh, culturally. And uh, just being there and uh, traveling with all those guys, with all that experience and all their backgrounds, uh, uh, growing up in New York City, talking to those guys and their, their experiences growing up. Um, uh, it just opened up a whole new world to me that I didn't know existed. And uh, for me, that just like opened the doors for me. I mean, at that, at that point, I knew like I love traveling anyways to begin with. But then to do it out there was even more of a more of a just like I knew that's what I wanted to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. for me, it was that first. So we started the band and like started writing songs in 93. Um in the summer, I mean, it was very, we, we were serious. We were very dedicated to doing it. But again, I, we didn't have, we didn't know where it could take us. And in February of 94, one of the guitar players in our band went to Europe on a European tour. Met this guy from a record label in Germany, met this booking agent. And literally we were playing shows for our friends, for Kevin. <laughs> we'd come yeah. to our shows. Oh, yeah. Kevin yeah. would come, we'd he- throw his band on his opening. And we'd play yeah. in front of like 30 people. And if you fast forward, uh, less than uh, 12 months later, we're on a tour bus in Europe uh, with Slapshot opening for them. It's 54 shows in 56 days. I mean, we're on a tour bus, and our first show is in Holtzfred, Sweden, with this festival that has Blur, Oasis, Midnight Oil, Pennywise, Motorhead, and Refused on it. Wow, crazy. And I mean, it was mind blowing because I was like, how did we get here? We just played a show at home in front of 30 people. And now we're on a tour bus at a festival. I'm watching the guy from Midnight Oil, who I just saw on MTV before I left home, sing this massive hit song right across the way. And we're about to go on on the side stage. It was that was crazy. That was just like, wow. The yeah, the, the my whole mind was opened to so many things at that point, and it was yeah, it was a lot to to take in, and we just tried to have as much fun as we we could. Mm. Yeah, yeah, those are such cool experiences where it really helps to shape, you know, in your minds what can be, and and just to open it up. Besides, you know, maybe your home country and and yeah. just to see all those different cultures and to kind of push you as musicians. And I think there's a lot, you know, when you have those ex- experiences, especially if it's, you know, even earlier on in the band to kind of propel you forward and just to kind of instill that hope like, okay, we got something special here and, and people care about this and, you know, just to kind of keep moving forward. So that's those are really cool experiences. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, those are markers in our in our, for us for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always never forget that. Yeah. 
So your last full-length album, A War Against You, was released in 2016. I absolutely love that album. I've gone back to it so many times, so I was super excited uh, when I saw you guys were releasing a new one. Uh, what, what has the last six years held for you guys as a band, and what kind of inspired you to, to get back and write and, and create this new album? Well, I mean, we wanted to put a new record out. We started kind of working on it a little bit in... 2000 maybe 18 or 19 not that seriously but then obviously we had a big shift in uh personnel in the band um which was a weird time for us to be looking for a singer um because the whole world stopped so it ended up actually being for us uh, kind of fortunate that it happened then because we weren't missing on any tours we weren't missing out on any shows um we weren't being distracted by in the middle of working on a record and then getting offered like a month tour in Europe to where we would, you know, we were able to, well, we couldn't go anywhere. Everybody was stuck at home. Um, so we were just forced to write. And, uh, it was, it was probably the best case scenario for us to be stuck at home. Cause we just started churning out so much music and, uh, we're able to start, uh, trying out singers and stuff. Uh, you know, we couldn't really get together with guys because of the pandemic and some guys were out of state and wanted to fly and there, that, that just wasn't going to happen. So it would, that experience of trying out a singer was very unique too. But um, yeah, that whole process was just, it was wild. It was, it was, we just focused on music and then we found a guy and it all happened pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So your longtime singer Zoli, like you said, exited the band kind of in 2020. So how did it come about for, for Eli to join the band and what was that transition for like, you know, considering you'd had the same singer for so many years? Kev? Uh, sorry. Can you re- say that one more time? Yeah. Just, just how did it come about with you guys connecting with Eli and, and how has that transition been, you know, after yeah. working with a singer for, for such a long time? Yeah. Okay. So, um, Eli came about, Eli was a friend of Craig's. And so we were looking for a singer and uh, Craig asked his friend, Eli, you know, do you know anybody that might be interested? And Eli said, well, Hey, how about I give it a try? You know? And uh, Eli, I had met once before uh, when we played at Alex's bar here in Long Beach and I had a great conversation with him and I, I knew him a little bit. I knew he was a great guy and I was excited to hear what, what he brought and uh he sent us a couple of songs that he sang on um i think we sent him uh two songs and um they were they were incredible his talent was was incredible right from the beginning and um yeah it was so, kind yeah, of a ha- it was kind of a happy accident i mean it was yeah. really like we weren't looking for him other than maybe a suggestion or some you know for him to recommend somebody and then all of a sudden Literally, like a week and a half later, we're in this. We're in the rehearsal studio with him because we we're so wow. blown away by the demo he sent. And then, probably the next week, we're working on new songs. Yeah. Um, so once we heard him, got in the room, hung out with him, and it was to be honest, we knew we heard and we knew he could sing. It was more about the hang. It was more about can we yeah. be in a band with this guy and do we yeah. get along and are we on the same page? Um, that's almost more important, you know, at and for in certain elements. And uh, that came together really quick. And actually, this pretty cool thing. Um, we'd been working with him for about after that, about two or three months. And we were out, out to lunch and we just kind of looked across the table and we said, Hey, you know, I mean, we'd worked, we would sang on like 15, 16 songs by then that we were demoing up. And, uh, we said, Hey, you know, you're in the band, right? I know we've never talked about it. And he, we all kind of <laughs> laughed and he was like, yeah, I figured, you know, we, but why it didn't seem like it was something that really needed to be brought up. And, uh, 
I don't know. It was just very, very natural. It was a very natural whole, whole process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure that definitely helps, you know, the process. I mean, he sounds incredible. He brings a great new energy and sound to the band, and I'm sure he'll be a, a great fit moving forward. So what was, you know, the process like for writing this album? Like, we, you were starting to write, you know, before Eli joined, or, like, how do you guys kind of typically write and create, and how did all those ideas kind of flesh out? Well, again, we're stuck at home. We start working on We decide as us four that we want to give it a shot to try and find a guy. And we weren't going to make it this like three year painful process. We were going to like give it to the end of 2020. If we found a guy, we were going to do it. If we didn't, we were going to start a new band. That was kind of the idea. And uh, we, so we started writing songs. We just started writing a lot of songs. And when we work on music, we're all very thorough and we just don't, okay, have a riff and then move on. We complete songs like lyrics, melodies, backups, Mm -hmm. Uh, solos so we were completing these songs as we were going and they just started piling up fast you know 10 15 18 songs before Eli even was discovered and uh it's great like I'll uh I'll send I'll start working on a song and send it over to Kevin and he'll start throwing guitar on it and then we'll get Craig to throw drums on it and the process is really connected between all five of us Mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, everybody's sharing and adding their own style, flair to it, you know, and uh, sending it around to each other. Yep. So that was a new experience for us, writing-wise. Instead of just being in a room trying to teach someone a song, it's like we do it on the computer, and it, it, it worked <laughs> out because we can hear what we're all doing and, you know, yeah, add some stuff to it. So. Yeah, I'm always curious to hear, you know, how bands write, you know, when they've been around for, you know, 20, 30 years like you guys have, you know, if that changes, how much does technology affect it? You know, some groups of, you know, still like to get in a room together or some, you know, or live in different states or whatever. And so it's, yeah, I'm always just kind of curious to hear if that shifts at all or if it kind of just feels the same. I think it just streamlines it, the, the, the ability to be able to, because I mean, before you could sit there with an acoustic guitar and like a little tape recorder and you could record something and send it to show it somebody. But like uh, back we, like when we started the band, you really had to get together to make progress on music, on songs. And now, now, uh, now you can do so much on your own and I don't have to have Kevin or Nick or Craig or Eli at my house at 11 at night when I come up with this cool riff and I can work out a song and, do some uh program drums for a basic uh little template and i can get the whole idea down i don't have to wait and a lot of times you end up losing the idea and it's gone yes. and by the time you practice next wednesday you're like i have this cool riff in d and it just and it's just gone this like so much content was being created um with the all the technology all of us having either logic or garage band and being able to you know transfer files back and forth it's it's, it's awesome yeah yeah, I'm sure thinking back to those early days, you couldn't have imagined kind of having those those tools at your fingertips, eh? <laughs> yeah, 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 it would have been really cool, but, you know, that, yeah. we, we may do, we may do with what we had back then, too. That was special in its own way, though, too, though, you know, doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I guess the cool thing about you know your guys' longevity is you kind of get to now have your your foot in a different different era of technology, and you know, there's lots of bands that didn't make it to this time, and I'm sure they're like, oh man, can you imagine if you know we we had these abilities to do this and to connect and to write, and so that's uh, awesome. You guys are getting to to utilize that. So let's talk about uh, the new self titled album. Uh, why self titled? 
Well, we had some titles and uh, some ones we totally liked. And, um, and then we also had the idea to make it a self-titled record because of the whole kind of rebirth starting over feels like it's the first album with this in this new chapter. And then we had a big label meeting um, as the, we were finished wrapping up the recording and the, our A&R guy, Mike Gittard, our label, uh, he's like, what, what do you think about album titles? And we were about to tell him, he goes, cause I'm thinking maybe, what do you guys think about self-titled? And we're like, we were totally leaning towards that. But um, yeah, it was great to hear that the label kind of was really get was really behind that idea too. Yeah. So, yeah, no, so cool. yeah. And I mean, Kevin, like, just like having it feel like it's the, like the first book in the, or the first yeah book of the next chapter series or whatever, just, it yeah. feels like the starting, like, you know, for me, I it don't really know. feels like that. Uh, yeah. Cause I've been in the band a long time, but it was kind of more of a touring role, not necessarily a, a little bit of writing, a little bit of recording, but you know, for me, it's, for me, it's a new beginning for sure. It's a different, I feel like I have a different role now. So yeah. 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 Oh, sweet. And I, I really love the artwork for the album. It has a really classic look to it and it just kind of makes you want to jam, you know, just put it on and crank it up, you know, just by looking at it. And even, you know, I was looking at it today and, and just uh, with, with it being self-titled, like there's a lot on the cover. So you almost, I mean, you, you don't necessarily even need a title to it, right? It's got your names. It's got the song names. It almost kind of looks like, you know, it could be a poster or something. So I think that all together, it kind of fits perfectly, right? It's you guys. It's your faces, your instruments, self-titled. Like it's all kind of a perfect package. It was uh, it, when we didn't have that text on the cover. It, it seemed so unbalanced and empty because uh, there wasn't an album title. So it was just Ignite across the top and there was nothing else. And there was a photo and we had a different photo at first where it wasn't an action photo. It was more of like a kind of a band promo photo. And okay. it just it just felt really lackluster. And when uh, I got together with our graphic artist and I, we were going to go work on ideas, he said, let's go to a used record shop and see and get. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, so we started thumbing through the used bin and really started coming across a lot of like 60s Beach Boys albums and started looking at, man, they got the band members on the front, the song titles, sometimes the, the, the album or the record company logo. And I just thought the, the, the visually, those, it looked so cool with all that stuff on it. And uh, so we kind of bit from the Beach Boys kind of vibe of, uh, of, of how they laid some of their records out and took like some inspiration from that. And yeah. And then it's got all, it's kind of funny. I was golfing with my buddy the other day and I showed him the artwork and he said the exact same thing you said. He goes, man, this album cover makes me want to listen to this record right now. Yeah. And I, I, I was interesting to hear you say that. Cause that's now the second time I've heard that in like a week. Well, I still like when I still go to, to music stores, I'm looking at CDs or whatever. Like I, I'm such an artwork, you know, that's obviously the first thing that grabs your eye and so yep. what I love about this, it's like you can see the band, you know, who's playing what. You, it's got the action shots. So you kind of get an idea of, you know, like what kind of genre it would be or whatever. And it just, yeah, immediately is like, oh, I want to pick this up and look at it and be like, oh, I wonder what this sounds like. Like there's intrigue to it. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a classic looking cover. And I, and I love that. Thanks, man. Yeah, we worked hard on it. It went through so many different phases and stages and colors and layouts and it's crazy how much time you spend on every little aspect and element of the music the artwork the whole thing is just it's there's so much time put into this 
Yeah, well, it was worth it. It turned out great, and now now that piece of art is is out in the world, so that's it's it's worth it for sure. Thanks. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about some of the songs in this album. So we're going to talk about uh, the first five um, off the album. Uh, so the first one is anti-complicity anthem. that opening riff it's just it's got such a classic sound to it builds the energy so well it grabs a listener's ear right away how did this song come about and what do you guys love about it this song was written um a little bit one of the earliest songs we were writing for the record and um i wrote the music on guitar and it had a very mediocre guitar riff at the beginning being the bass player i'm not the best guitar player in the world but so i wrote this and then when we started playing it or working on it i said nick kevin somebody write uh, bet please beat this riff because i'm gonna go crazy if this is the opening riff of this song is this super generic riff so nick grabbed his guitar and it was one of the first things he came up with when he wrote it and it just yeah for us it has that classic ignite sound and uh and it really made the song come to life i mean i thought it was solid music um when we wrote it but then when the guitars got redone and put on it and kevin and nick both put their stamp on it that's when i thought the song musically came alive yeah Um, yeah we we added the overdubs and yeah all that stuff 
Yeah. So musically, that's musically definitely that was a, a a fun one for for I think all of us. Yeah. Any insight into the lyrics or overall theme of that song? I mean, Nick wrote the lyrics to that song. Um, it's it's basically uh, the song deals with talks about standing up for others, standing up for marginalized groups, and. Uh, people those groups that receive abuse that are all around us um those people needing us to uh make it clear that we won't stand by idly and pretend not to see what's going on in the world and i think there's a lot of that and uh the one of the lines that stands out to me that gets the point across is uh, i'd rather be hit than to not be seen just basically i'd rather show up and take one in the face verbally or physically for somebody than just to sit at home and not stand up for somebody. So um, there's some widespread issues, of course, that this is covering, but um, that, that, yeah, that in a nutshell is kind of what the song's about. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I connect with that. I I work with at risk youth. And so I can definitely get behind, you know, standing up for uh, a people group that can easily kind of fall through the cracks. So that's, yeah. And and there's lots of different groups of people that, that could connect with that. So that's sweet. Yeah. Track number two, the river.
this song has a has a bit of a different feel to it, you know, especially compared to the opening track. And I love that it immediately gives you gives the song, you know, a different feel and vibe to it. It still sounds like Ignite, you know, especially when the pace really picks up. It kind of yeah. has this uh, pretty unique bridge with guitar solo. You know, that seems a bit different style wise for you guys. What kind of inspired the music and uh, the lyrics for this song? Well, well, Kevin Kevin wrote that song. I mean, we 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 thought we were missing a dark melodic song on the album so kevin was like hey we got we're, we got that was one of the last songs written for the record and we, we needed three more songs i thought um so kevin kind of walk us through that uh, the music on that yeah, one well, Ke- uh the the dissonant melodic chords is you know just pretty much how i feel you know most of the time so that kind of that kind of darkness is with me so uh uh i kind of uh yeah, and the drum the drum beat is a little bit different too, right? Than most other Ignite songs, it's got a little bit different feel to it, a little bit different groove to it. I just, uh, yeah, I just kind of try to get in like, right, like my best Ignite. I, I always try to do like my best Nick or Brett impression because these guys are like my inspirations to play music, really. So, uh, that's what I try to do. And um, Nick came up with these really incredible uh heartfelt lyrics um about the struggles of of immigrants coming to this country or to any other country for that matter really um and it just it really tied in well with the the feel of the music and um yeah that's kind of how that came about really um yeah it kind of then brett put his little his bass on there and the, the intro that that high bass line on there and just fit perfectly and yeah eli just killed it on the vocals too so yeah, a dark musically song paired with some somber lyrics. So that was a kind of a, and it was probably originally not going to be track two because it probably originally we thought it was going to be a little later in the uh, album, but because it's kind of a bold, dark track two, um, but it just came out so good, the song that we were just like, this has to be the second song. Yeah, yeah, and I totally, yeah, like kind of a first thought is like, oh, okay, they're you know changing it up pretty quickly, but at the same time, you know, you can kind of get stuck in. Um, oh, just a sec here, it's saying, uh, oh, we got ten minutes here. You can kind of you know get stuck in that, like you know, let's put you know three, four, just kind of fast paced songs, you know, back to back, what people are expecting. But at the same time, like the second song comes in, and, and already the listener is like, "Oh, like kind of perking up to like, oh, what's this? Like this, this sounds a little bit different." And so, yeah, yeah I mean, it's a bold move, but I, I, I think it's a, it's a good move too. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, always a goal of ours has been to, for every record, make it sound like ignite, but surprise, pleasantly surprise the listener with a new vibe, a new feel. Make it because I mean, nothing I like more than when I put on a band that I like and I am just surprised in this awesome like new kind of branch that they've grown on their tree and i'm i I love that and that's what we've always tried to accomplish with ignite is like stay true to what the band is but also add add some new elements yeah and even like vocally the the melody and harmonies are are kind of different than you know maybe like a typical punk melody harmony and again it just like catches your ear and kind of brings you back in you know, which is especially important, you know, for, you know, a three minute song or, you know, however long it is. 
um, right? Just to kind of keep that listener in yeah. and like, oh, that, it's, it comes to an end. And it's like, oh, I kind of listened to that again. That kind of caught me off guard and I want to get a better listen to that. So like I immediately went back and listened to it again. And, and uh, so that means, again, a, a good uh, a good song will we'll do that. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so let's uh, take it to track three, This Day. press release it says this day a hopeful call for unity is an unfiltered disheartened reaction to the teeming racial tensions of the last couple of years uh stated by your vocalist eli so why is uh why is this topic kind of near to your heart and what do you want listeners to to come away with after hearing this song well first let me talk just i'll interject on this one and yeah, talk for about sure. just the music first of all um so one amazing uh thing that eli has brought to the table is that um he's a fantastic musician, uh, amazing guitar player. And um, so now we have another person in the band that's writing full, complete songs that mm. are like shredding songs. So that what Eli bringing that to the table, super valuable. And it's, it's, he wrote this whole, I, we just were talking at practice, like, Hey, we need kind of like a uniform choice and SNFU style song. And it's just that kind of like vernacular that we can all like talk about that, where we all get exactly what we're saying because um, we're all kind of cut from the same cloth and and uh yeah and then he came back like the next day with this amazing like song that's probably the most punk rock song on the album um written by eli and uh yeah i was blown away by the music and and he presented the whole thing with you know lyrics and vocals and everything like hey check out this one i wrote that i think has good energy and we were just like oh my gosh 
And Craig was like, that's got to be the opener is, you know, the first demo version that he heard. But um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Kev, if you want to get into kind of like the lyric side of it, um, as far as that, what that's coming from, um, I kind of covered the music. Yeah, I, I think it's about unity. It's about, you know, you know, taking care of each other, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, shit, we need more of that in this world. Yeah. Well, so. especially the last last number of years, you know, there's, there's been a lot of things going on, you know, especially down the States, but in in, yeah. in Canada as well, and lots of other countries. And and so, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I love that about about Ignite in this album. Like there's, there's so much to take away from it lyrically and and uh, lots of ways for, for listeners to, to be impacted and to connect with it and, and just to be pushed to something better, you know. There, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, lyrics just about having a good time or whatever. But there was a band, uh, I, I won't say the band name, but they, they released a, a single this week. And and it was just kind of like, oh, man, like, is this band kind of still in high school or whatever, you know, kind of same kind of things. And, again, that's that's totally fine, not knocking that. But I just I loved as I was listening to the album today, just like, man, there's so much to take away from this, you know, not just musically but lyrically as well. And, and so that's that's a great asset to, to this album. Uh, you know, I just think that's who we are. I mean, we talk about serious things. We have a lot of PMA in the lyrics. We're always trying to, like, point to solutions or point, you know, trying to shed light on issues it's kind of funny that you say that about the uh some bands that you know I, we play a lot of festivals and play a lot of with a lot of bands and and uh sometimes times like we'll go out and watch bands that are playing on our stage earlier and uh some bands are just it's a totally different um a, a totally different approach it's like yeah. having fun partying and like I remember sitting on the side of the stage watching this one band, the crowd was just going crazy. And I looked over at Kevin and I said, man, these guys have a lot of fun. They're laughing. They're joking. Sometimes, you know, they have like certain shticks on stage and it's like, I go, and then we'll be on in like an hour and we got to do this angry set. Like, why can't we ever like <laughs> laugh around and joke on stage? But that's not what ignite is, but it's, yeah. I, I appreciate all, all aspects of bands especially like the punk rock genre it's cool i like the bands that go out there and have a fun and and just you know a lot of people go up show up to concerts as a release to have fun so there yeah. i mean i'm as much for bands with a like a strong message as i am with bands that just creates a release for people i think both are very important yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't mean there's a knock. I mean, I love, no, you know, bands totally. like Blink-182 or, you know, where that's a lot of their thing. But um, I don't know. I, I guess just for me, I like coming away with something a little bit more, you know. Yeah. And maybe that's just being kind of an older music fan where it's like, I've been to enough shows where it's just for a good time and for fun. Like, sure. I kind of want something a bit more now. And, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's fair to say, but sometimes it takes a more effort to to write about something that kind of matters. And again, I'm not trying to insult bands or whatever. Right. right. But just where it's like, you know what? We've got 40 minutes or however long, you know, an album is or a set yep. is, you know, what do we want to leave listeners with? Like a good time is is great, but 10 other bands might leave you with a good time. But you might yeah. be the only band that really gives people something like, you know, to kind of push them, you know, through the next week or season of life or whatever. It yeah, is, so. it, it's important for us to resonate with people because, I mean, do, when people come up to us in countries all across the world and tell us that we changed their lives or when they were in the military, we helped them get through or I, I, the, we hear the, the craziest stuff. And it's amazing 
that we've had the ability to impact people's lives in a positive way with a positive message. And uh, I mean, we don't, we don't take that for granted at all. We, I, we cherish, we cherish that actually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So moving on to, to track four on the ropes. Start the song off with a sweet bass riff, Brett, and, and then it picks up into into classic sounding ignite. What initially got you even into playing bass many years ago? And, and uh, sorry, Kevin, when I when I was doing these questions, I, I didn't realize you would be on here. So that's all uh, right. You, that's you can, right. <laughs> I my inspiration was definitely uh, Peter Hook from Joy Division. He has these melodic, super high up the neck bass lines that those were the first bass lines that I learned to play. And um, I fell in love with his style, kind of the, the, the dark feeling of those bass runs. And uh, then I kind of got into Eric Avery from James Addictions, where his James Addiction, where his bass lines tell a whole story themselves that you don't even need almost the guitar in that band to have these amazing songs. And then later I got into like, randy bradbury from pennywise his playing like just the, how aggressive and fast he was playing so those are kind of like my three go-tos with a little bit of duff mckagan uh sprinkled in because of just the cool bass lines on appetite for destruction and his style but um yeah the peter hook up high up the neck bass lines and that's what kind of 
that whole style from the bass intro of that song kind of came from the first one of the first songs I ever wrote for at night was this song called Ash Return. And it's got this high bass line up the neck that I just wanted to write something as cool as Peter Hook's bass lines and uh, wrote this poor man's version of it. And I've tried to kind of put one in on each at night record and uh, tried to make it kind of my trademark thing um, that I borrowed from those guys. And uh, yeah, this just kind of came together. This was actually a guitar intro song, right? Till like kind of the last minute we changed it to bass. And uh, I was stoked uh, that, yeah, I got to play that riff on bass instead of uh, on guitar. And it just, I think it, I gave it that familiar, like ignite bass intro sound. And then it launches into this like upbeat, you know, 185 beats per minute ignite melodic song that just has basically two parts, you know, verse, course, verse, course, done. Um, yeah. So the music side of the things, the bass side of the things, that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Any uh, thoughts on, on this song, Kevin? Uh, why does it stand out? You know, kind of how did it come about? Yeah. Uh, this song stands, stands out for me um, in a few ways. Uh, for one, like working on this song with Brett and, you know, this song that Brett brought to the table and I got to work with him and put my guitars on it too. And uh, was just like a, a great experience for me, you know, as we talked in the beginning about me as a kid, Brett teaching me how to play guitar. And here I am, you know, writing this record with him. So that, that was special for me. Um, the, uh, the lyrics of this song again are, are deep and personal. I think, and I think Nick did a, a great job on this one as well. And um, to me, I connect with the lyrics on this one, just in the way that, uh, you know, when when life is tough and things are a struggle, uh, this song like gives me hope that, you know, other people also are dealing with the same issues. And it makes me feel like I'm not alone, you know, yeah. you know there's other people there fighting the same issues. So for me, yeah, I connected with it in that way. Um, the first time I ever heard the <clears throat> lyrics to this song, the song, um, I was walking the dog down on the beach and Nick texted me the version uh, that he wrote and um, he had the demo lyrics on there and singing. And uh, I was just blown away. I was, I fell in love with the vocals immediately. And, you know, sometimes you can't make out what the lyrics are immediately in the song. So I kind of had my own little version at first, but it just, when we ended up putting out the uh, video, we made a little special dedication at the beginning to uh, a good friend of ours, John Bunch, who passed away in 2016. He actually in 2012 went on the road with us did a whole European tour singing for Ignite uh, when our Zoli wasn't available. And uh, we just really want, wanted to like dedicate a moment to him because we hadn't properly done that yet. We didn't, mm-hmm. we, our record had just came out in 2016 before he passed away. So we didn't feel like we ever really gave the, him the proper, you know, tip of the hat. So that song for me, even though it wasn't written about John, um, I really connected it to a lot of the lyrics to, my feelings about you know missing him and the stuff he went through at the end and uh yeah it's uh it's a pretty special song for me mm, yeah that's really cool when you can you can tie it to something like that because then you know not only can it stand out for someone else but you as you know with the musician and, and the artist behind it like has has a special meaning too so that's rad yeah yeah then the last song is uh, the butcher in me Can you tell me why the butcher in me wants to cut you from my life? Give me several more times, gotta keep on running. 
curious to hear the meaning behind uh, the title of this one and kind of what's what inspired this song. Um, musically, well, let's go backwards on this and let's talk lyrically first. Yeah, um, let's do it. Uh, like for me, growing being fifty now, realizing that the time from when I'm was in high school, graduated high school till now is probably what I have left, you know, which is kind of a scary thought. Another, you know, 30 years of could be like my tenure here on this rock. Um, and, uh, just cutting out the toxic elements in your life, Mm. um, is I think so key to being happy mentally, um, and being in a good place. And uh, I think a lot of people deal with a lot of bad things in their life. Um, could be simple little things, but I mean, being happy and being healthy mentally is such an important part to having a healthy, productive life that, um, yeah, the, the lyrics of the uh, of this song really um, stick with me that like to live a healthy and happy life, like get rid of those negative elements, get rid of the toxic stuff out of your life, like move on from people if they're not making your life better, move on from situations. It's important. You know, so many people on their deathbed, like have these regrets and it's from not being proactive with making their life better, you know? And as we're getting older, it's like, man, I'm starting to see the big picture, like on the other, getting up to the top of the hill and heading down the other side. It's like, I want to be, I want to enjoy the last, you know, 30, 40 years that I'm going to be here. So that this song is, I I love the message of this song. I, I think that, uh, I thought Nick wrote some really poignant lyrics for this one. Yeah, I, I think that's a really neat kind of way to to phrase it, right? Where you're cutting things out, you know, where you know you're the butcher or the butcher and me. I'm assuming that's kind of the correlation of exactly. finding those things to cut out. And oh, that, that's really cool. I, I wouldn't have thought of that just based on the title, but that's a really cool way to to correlate those thoughts with with those lyrics. Uh, yeah, any thoughts maybe uh, musically, Kevin, on this one? Well, this was Nick and Brett, I believe on all, all the music on this one. Uh, shit, I, I love, uh, man, I, I don't know. Brett, you got any thoughts on this? Well, music? yeah, we just wanted to, so kind of interesting little, uh, the, the, there's a song on our uh, album, a place called home that is the song called veteran and uh, the drum beat that we use in veteran. Um, that's the only song that we really use that exact drum beat. And, uh, we, uh, we were like, let's, let's try and write another song with that exact drum beat. And uh, so we started working on this song. Of course it completely changed shape and we actually changed most of that, but that was like the starting point was like, we wanted, we took inspiration from one of our own songs that um, is one of our more popular songs. And we, we tried to take some inspiration from that musically. And uh, yeah, it, it was fun writing it because it was like, okay, let's try and beat the music to a previous song that we know people really like. And I actually like the music to this song as much or better than I like the music to veteran. I think it's, yeah, I, I think I really, I, I think it's fantastic music that like everybody put their stamp on. Craig really killed the drums on this. And uh, I mean, Kevin wrote a, t- put a ton of guitar on it. That's his. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a, I thought it was, yeah, it was the musically, it was just a, it was a challenge for us to kind of like, let's try and beat something that we've done that we know is like people like. Hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun concept. Try to kind of beat yourself at your own game and kind of up the, up the ante. I like that. With, without like, emu- like copying it without being a copycat, right. you know what I mean? Instead. Cause like, 
there's always that trick too. It's like, you know, let's just make another song that sounds like this one, but we, it, it's, you know, in a completely different key and it's a completely different vibe, but yeah, that was the inspiration was like kind of trying to take inspiration from ourselves. Yeah. No, I love that. That's great. Yeah. So kind of to, to wrap up here, what does uh, the year hold for you guys? And obviously the album's out in a few weeks. I know you have some tour dates coming up. Uh, what are you kind of guys hoping for, for 2022 for Ignite? Well, we want to do one more video. Um, we've This album's been awesome for us because we've had the chance to do a bunch of music videos, which we never really did before. We didn't do that many before. It just, yeah. I don't know, wasn't in the cards for us. And we really thought that like now doing videos is like content, you know, put content yep. out there, have people have a chance to see, you know, because if you put out five videos, there's a chance maybe one of them will get seen by somebody that can be turned on to your band. Um so doing music videos was, is a huge thing for me that I wanted to do on this album. And then, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of really cool tour dates coming up. We got our, we got a show coming up in Denver with Murphy's law. We're playing with snap cases and earth crisis and strife in Philadelphia. Awesome. Um, we have a, yeah, we have a show in New York city. That's going to be amazing. Um, then Kev, we had over the, we had across the pond right after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to Europe with no effects and Pennywise and, uh yeah an amazing tour for us really amazing opportunity for us um yeah lots of europe this summer and i'm sure we'll be writing as well you know that totally kinda, that kind of never stops so yeah i think with all of us so yeah european uh, festivals are stacked this summer yeah. too with with rise against and hate breed and like bad religion offspring it's just like it's pretty cool that we've now get to play a lot with a lot of the bands that like influenced us, you know, and even like younger bands like Turnstile and like all these yeah. other great, great up and coming bands. Like one of my favorite bands is Comeback Kid. I, I get, oh we're, man, love we're, them. We're friends with those guys. I get so excited every time I see that they're on the, on the uh, festival with us or on a concert or whatever it is. Um, they're the best. Yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of great bands out there that are doing a like, doing it right right now i think yeah well i'm sure after you know two years you know or, or more for you guys um that's yeah it just creates more even more excitement just to get out there and to hang out and have a good time and so yeah that's that's really exciting to have those opportunities coming up yeah we're, we're pretty pumped we're pretty pumped on 2022 and and beyond and uh one of the things that we also kind of decided or was is going to be the kind of the new mindset and what we want to do with ignite is a lot of times like you mentioned there was a large gap in between albums um six years 10 years you know longer like the when ignite started we were putting albums out every 20 months every 24 months eps seven inches it's like we want to get back to that we want to get back out to putting music out more frequently, you know, right. We love writing and there's no reason why we need to wait six years to write a new record. We want to write all the time, put music out. I know it takes time and it does. And you have to write a lot of music to, you know, we wrote 30 plus songs to get to these 10. Um, So that's kind of a big goal of ours is to uh, put out the next release a lot sooner than what the track history was. Awesome. Well, that's great news for, for us fans and listeners. So that's, uh, yeah, something to look forward to. Well, I really, really appreciate your guys' time and uh, insight into these songs. Really excited to dive into this, and I know your fans will, will love this album. Awesome. Thank you so much.